Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast. I got a good one for you today. Today, we're actually connecting with Lay McClendon. Lay is a little bit of a social media influencer, and uh, I didn't actually peg him as a hunter when I first discovered him, and, and all sorts of people send me his hilarious videos. Uh, but then one day, I saw that he killed a deer, went in the comments, and a whole bunch of people were, were hollering, saying unfollow. Other people were saying, great job, man, great buck. So I was like, you know what? Let me try to get this guy in the podcast. I bet he's got some amazing stories to tell, and uh, Lay did not disappoint. So I want to say thank you to Lay, of course, for coming on the podcast. Couldn't have done it without him. Uh, make sure you check him out. Links to everything are in the show notes, so you can check out his YouTube and his Instagram, etc. Uh, but beyond that, guys, thank you for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. If you have a story to tell, don't hesitate to reach out. And uh, yeah, man, let's get this thing started. Let's let uh, Lay tell you some of his stories. Thank you. All right, Lee. Welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast, brother. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well, man. I'm doing real well. I want to thank you for being on the podcast, man. Uh, I'm very excited to have you. You're not our normal guest. You know, we we have some of the people that hunt for a living, and then we have some listeners, but you're actually like a a real social media influencer, like more so than most. <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like I'm such a wild card when it comes to the internet. I, I like doing what I do. I like making goofy stuff, and then I'll pull deer hunting out of my back pocket, and people lose their minds. So I don't know where I fit. You know, I like yeah. I like I, it's like a test. If if I've got four bubbled answers, I'm picking D. All the above. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's exactly why I reached out to you. I mean, I get sent your videos from my wife because you do some hilarious cat videos. Um, we have a main coon. We got one cat. He's a, he's massive and he's a pain in my ass, but your videos uh, are basically exactly him. Uh, and then you do awesome videos. My parents were both teachers. I have kids. People send me your videos from like literally five different directions. And so I'm constantly getting them. And then all of a sudden I see this deer, you know, on the ground. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on, this guy just jumped up the list here. Um, and then of course I clicked into the comments and I started seeing, you know, people saying, "Hell yeah, get you know, here's a recipe for you." And then the other halfer unfollow, screw this guy. So I'm like, "Well, okay, well let, let him tell the story because I guarantee he can tell the good one." Oh yeah, like half of the comments are it's it's like a it's like an airport. You know, everybody's got to announce that they're disappointed. I don't I don't know. People are strange yeah. online. Yep, I can almost guarantee someone on there said, "Why don't you just buy your meat from the grocery store like a regular person?" Well, right? it's like okay, yeah, it's like how dare <laughs> I, how dare I choose to to harvest my my own meat that I eat, um, versus you know the the pig that's been living in a small cage, you know, being kind of you know I don't I don't want to say tortured. I don't I don't know how they go, but I mean yeah. I, I'm not living as good a life as the free range stuff for exactly. sure. Exactly. I mean, normally if you if you shoot a deer in the in the right spot, it doesn't take too long, you know. So yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of people trying to give input on stuff they don't know anything about. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And uh, I took us down a weird path here at the beginning, but like, why don't we just start this thing off, Lee, with letting you introduce yourself? Why don't you tell the people who you are? Um, and like a little bit about your history as far as hunting. Like, when did you when did you kick that off? Yeah, uh, so my name is Lay Lay McClendon. It's a it's a strange name. You don't I don't feel like anybody expects to find somebody named Lay in the deer world. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've been I was introduced to hunting years ago uh, when I was young, probably like early elementary. Um, my my stepdad would take us uh, to run dogs. I don't know if you know what that is. You know, like where well, you probably do. Um, yeah. But around here, it used to be legal on government land, and uh, he would get a lot of his friends. 
Uh, they'd bring their kids and kind of set you up in spots and they would try to do these deer drives where they would run the dogs to you. Um, but me being so young, I didn't, I didn't have any successful, you know, kills during that time. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I shot at deer was during this, this running of dogs. Uh, I had two does run out in front of me, probably nowhere, probably no further than 40 yards, but we were using shotguns. Me being a dumb kid, I, I didn't know how to, what to do. I didn't know if I put the, the BB on the deer or did I have yeah. to lead the shot into the deer? So I led the shot and I, didn't hit any of the deer um <laughs> yeah and then i think a couple years later in middle school i would spot hunt with him he'd invite me to go hunt at our leaves government land and you know it got to where we didn't see a lot but i remember in middle school uh the reason i know the story so well is because i had braces and uh when i shot at this this good buck uh because all of a sudden he invited me to go hunting like right after thanksgiving and the first year that walks out was this good eight point uh and i'd always wanted a big trophy deer uh you know i'd fantasized about having a wall mounted deer yeah um but the gun we shot was not a gun that was sighted in so i guess you can understand where that left off uh is <laughs> none of yeah. us hitting the deer uh but when i shot i had braces and the gun hit me in the lip and pushed my braces into my skin and i remember having to grab my lip and kind of tear it out of my braces oh it was my terrible. goodness uh, and, and to make matters worse about missing that deer, was it my the dad butt actually, of the gun or the scope uh, or what was it specifically? The uh, I think it was, it was just, just blur and you like, have no idea. <laughs> well, I, I, I was young, you know, not very experienced at shooting guns. I think it was kind of like the side of the stock. Maybe I had my chin pushed too far up on it. Uh, gotcha. But to make matters worse, not only did I miss the deer, my dad brought a shotgun just in case. And I remember after I shot that deer ran out in the middle of the lane running and he pulled up and shot. And he said, oh, yeah, we got him. And I sat there and I was like, I remember every placement of where your BBs hit and all of them were behind the deer. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't want I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And I was like, I think we both meant. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, but I don't I don't know. That's kind of where I started. And I think after that, I took a long um, a long break uh, until like my freshman year of college or my sophomore uh, year yeah, of college. You know what? I remember a lot of a lot of hunters do that. Like high school, they yeah. are interested in sports and women, uh, mm-hmm. and like there's a gap for for most male hunters, which is yeah. really funny. Quick question well, before we go into yeah. the high or the college hunting. Go for it. You, you said uh, around here we can do dogs. Where's where's here? Uh, Louisiana. Okay. You right, can't cool. anymore. That was legal at the time. I think you can run dogs though on private land. I think. Don't quote me on that. Uh, okay. but during that time, yeah, it was, they had certain days, I believe. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Back to college, man. So tell us, uh, tell us what got you back into it. Like what, what fired back up? I don't know. I think, uh, I think my younger cousin got into it. Uh, he killed, uh, his first deer all of a sudden with a shotgun. And I was like, huh, maybe I should, uh, pick hunting back up. We've got some family land, uh, that, Nobody hunted, nobody did anything on, and uh, we kind of all got into hunting together. Uh, we would put little feeders out, because uh, baiting here is legal, and that seems to be something that a lot of people online don't realize, because I've said, oh, I'm hunting. Like, if I put on my Instagram story or something, people are like, oh, that's illegal. And I'm like, no, not everywhere. Some places, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, um, not in Colorado or in yeah. the south or all <laughs> of the east, all over the country, oh, yeah. basically. But I mean, I, I kind of, I don't know, something just switched and I said, you know what? I want to, I want to kill my first deer. You know, I hadn't, I haven't gotten to do that. 
Um, but it turned into a lot of sitting and not seeing anything. Uh, and I think that's what kind of caused me to stop hunting is because I really just thought, you know, I guess all deer are just ghosts. Um, yeah. Because I would never see it. I'd see some, but they'd be so far. And I, as a kid, I would just try my best and shoot, you know, a hundred something yards when it's close to dark and not really knowing proper shooting etiquette and stuff. Um, but I, I remember, you know, this first year uh, of really getting into it, you know, eventually um, I walked down a trail and got into this ladder stand uh, and something about it for some reason seemed like I shouldn't be in that stand. And like it was an evening hunt. And I said, you know what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back to this ground blind. So I got out and got in the ground blind, and I guess, yeah, I didn't I didn't really understand how well deer use their, their noses to survive. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as soon as I got in that ground blind, I, I heard my first ever doe blowing, you know, uh, at my scent, I'm, I'm assuming. And uh, me not knowing that meant your hunt's probably, you know, blown, uh, no pun intended. Um <laughs> I thought it was cool. I said, oh, the deer are here. There's deer here. That, I'm probably going to kill one. And ironically, I did. Like right after that, and it's, it was my, it was cool for me. It was, yeah. it was probably a, a real small doe fawn. I, I saw an ear flicker and it came out and I just pulled up and shot. I'd never got a chance to shoot a deer. And as soon as I saw it drop, it was, it was, I might as well just shot a stray dog, man. It wasn't, it was not big, <laughs> but I never shot a deer before. And I was always wanting to, and I just got up and I started doing the cha-cha slide around it. I was so excited. And it was so small. I threw it over my shoulders. Uh, walked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I walked out and I got so excited. I said, I'm going back. You know, it's probably my best. I'm not going to see anything else, but I, I, I don't know. I didn't know a lot of hunting, hunting knowledge. Uh, yeah. But I was super, I was super stoked, man. Yeah, man. You yeah. got to get on the board. You got to start somewhere, right? Oh yeah, for sure. That's funny. It reminds me of, um, so this past elk season, it was the, I want to say it was the second night of elk season. And uh, we, I, we see, we go to this and I have a camera guy with me because I ended up going with uh, two world elk calling champs. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, Hey, can we video your hunt? I'm like, hell yeah, you can video. As long as you guys are calling <laughs> for me, I don't care what you do. Um, and I'm not sure if I tell this story on the, the recap episode or not, but we're, we're going into this valley and, uh, we see some elk and there's one bull and four cows and, uh, I, I'm sneaking in and it's like 600 yards or something like that. Uh, and I see at all times, three of the cows and the bull, but I have no idea where one of these cows is. I'm like, well, I don't know, whatever it's, let's just make a play. And it's a, it's a fine bull. Nothing, nothing really to get too excited about, but I, I get in there with the cameraman on my back across a swamp basically like 400 500 yards and i'm like 70 80 yards from this this bull and next thing i know i look to my left and there's a cow like 20 feet away like just mm. right there and it goes up and and they they bark rather than the the you know the yeah whatever the whitetail noise is but he's she runs off crosses this little creek jumps through the side but now she's upset that she's lost her pack and she starts just barking, barking. And so then they are over here, and they run into the trees, and they're barking. And all of a sudden, I've got elk in every direction of me just barking. I'm like, man, this is cool. Like, just like you, like, ignorance. I'm like, whatever, this is fun. I don't care. I've got, you know, 30 days to hunt if I have to. And, and uh, just having that cool experience where you're hearing those noises for the first time. Because I'd never heard mm -hmm. an elk bark before. And yeah. now I'm literally in between a bunch of elk trying to get back together. But they're all like, something's wrong. Just barking back and forth. Yeah. It's, it's just super cool, man. Uh, ended up 
the bull got spooked by a moose of all damn things. Uh, <laughs> it was, People it was kept crazy. saying y'all had moose in Colorado, and I didn't think y'all did, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, when I was sitting here after you know in the middle of this bark fest, there were it's a big field. It's like a mile and a half long, and maybe I don't know four hundred yards across, something like that. There were. At one point, I counted 15 elk and like four moose uh, mm. all in the field at the same time. It was the craziest yep. thing that's ever happened. Could you could you shoot moose out there? If you have a tag, yeah. Okay. But I that's... did not have a tag. And then that I whole mean... system is entirely different. Like in Colorado, you got over-the-counter where anybody can go up yeah. to the grocery store, just grab a tag, whether you're in-state or out-of-state. There's a couple other details I'm skipping over for elk. But uh, so I could have. Are you saying I could have gone to Colorado like this year and bought an over the counter tag for an elk? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I didn't know that. I thought I thought I was in Colorado Thanksgiving week, and for some reason everybody kept saying, "No, you have to draw for it." I didn't know I could just do that. Somebody said, "Yeah, you can do that with black bear," and I said, "I don't know the first thing about hunting black bear." Yeah, no, you can. There's uh, Colorado has like I don't don't even know the number, but I want to say at least a hundred over the counter units. So the majority, man, I... the majority of the state is over the counter, and and you know it's not quite as easy as just getting a tag, walking off into the woods and shooting something. But mm-hmm. getting a tag is that easy, um, okay. except for with moose, mountain goat, and sheep, where you have to get points for three years before you mm-hmm. even have a chance. And then you have antelope. Te- there's over the counter for antelope technically, and then uh, deer for whatever reason, all draw. So mm. there's th- like three different systems in Colorado. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And it's all changing in the next couple of years. Okay. Of course. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> right? so, yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, man, I, it's cool to have that whitetail, you know, that doe experience. I've had the same thing with elk. I haven't had it with whitetail yet, but I'm, I'm not a very experienced whitetail hunter. I've got the one over my shoulder here. Yeah. Uh, that's what the guy I met with, I met him in an outfitter place uh, and my uncle and dad invited me and uh, he was a real cool guy. His name was tab shout out tab. But uh, I was curious. I was just like, yeah, why are you coming all the way to Missouri to hunt? I, I mean, besides they've got – it's on the Missouri-Iowa border. Uh, I, of course, they've, they've got giant deer out there. But he yeah. said, where I live, we don't have whitetail. And I said, really? Is that, I'm not used to that. I'm just – I'm used to it being the opposite way. We don't have everything. Y'all have everything. So yeah. I, it's it's weird to know that there are people that have all these other animals and we have the one that they don't. Get. I don't know. Yeah, right? Especially with whitetail being on most of the United States, like the entire East Coast. I'm in Texas right now. If I were to walk into my backyard right now, I could probably see 15 deer. What part of Texas? Uh, New Braunfels. I don't know how familiar you are with with Texas. It's kind of in between San Antonio and Austin. I was just in uh, San Antonio uh, not too long ago. Cool, man. Yeah, there's a lot of good hunting around here, especially if you go south of San Antonio to the Golden Triangle. That's where I got this guy. He's, uh, cool. I got him with a shotgun as well. And wow. uh, that's another crazy story. But the, I, I actually think this law was changed because of me, but you used to be able to hunt rivers. Rivers were public oh. land in Texas and, and, um, mm. they, they still are, but they're no longer huntable when they used to be huntable. Yeah. And I would just go in a river, dry bed, dry riverbed, and I would hike until maybe I ran into something. And that's how I got that guy. So that's pretty cool. Did you yeah. get that? Uh, is that a bighorn sheep on your wall? That is a bighorn sheep on my wall. But it is that not is mine. my. That's my one time. That's my one bucket list thing, and I, I, I guess I kind of feel like I'm never going to achieve that because it's everybody keeps saying no. That's pretty much a once in a lifetime hunt, and made me sad. I said like that's the one thing I, I would, 
I would kill for, you know? Man, I bet you can do it. They say, I, I think when they say once in a lifetime, most places when you draw that tag and you're successful, you can't go in anymore. So I, it's mm-hmm. not unrealistic to think that you can draw it, but once you've gotten it, you're done. And that's why they call it a once in a lifetime tag. So okay. I, I, yeah, man. Well, again, we'll talk afterwards about some okay. of the draw stuff and, uh, and I'll walk you through yeah, some sure. of it. Um, but it's, this is my father-in-law's. He actually lived in Canada, um, Saskatchewan, and he passed away this past year. So I was like, I'll take it. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. They, they were about, they were about to throw it away. And I was like, nope, nope. I, I want oh, that. Oh yeah. Like, so, yeah. um, and everyone asked me about it. Everyone's like, Oh, yo, you were on a, <laughs> yeah. a, uh, a sheep hunt. And I'm like, no, nope. I'm still, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Well, we went off topic, man, but all right. All right. Lay, uh, what are the stories you got for us? I think we were, we were kind of talking about what were you in college at this point or, or do you yeah. have any specific ones that you want to go over? Oh, I mean, I can, my story's really not that elaborate, but I can start where I left off. Uh, so I basically killed that dog. What look, <laughs> that, that's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what people call small deer. Uh, and after that, it wasn't a couple weeks later. I, I, I was still into it. I was, I was in college, uh, you know, about, I think, uh, an hour and a half away from where I was hunting. So like on my holiday breaks, I would go and hunt uh, and I killed a larger doe and I was like, okay, we upgraded. We killed something pretty good. Uh, but I noticed something. I said, you know, I'm seeing a lot of does. Where are the bucks? <laughs> I'm not seeing any of that. <laughs> um, and I got to, I started talking to my, my stepdad, you know, we kind of, that's when me and him started hanging out as well. You know, I hang out with him all the time now, but now we just, I'll go over and we're, we'll talk deer hunting. But he said, he gave me the advice. He said, if you ever get a chance, just watch the deer. You don't always have to shoot them. And I said, Oh, that's a good point. Um, yeah. so the rest of that season, I said, I'm just, I'm just going to watch deer and just see what they do, try to learn from them. Uh, and I think after that year, it was pretty, pretty slow. I didn't see much else, didn't kill anything else. And then the next year, um, I said, I'm not killing a doe. I don't have an interest in that. I've already done it. Didn't seem too hard. And, uh, I, man, I sat out there all season long just hoping to see anything with horns. Uh, and I remember one super cold morning, um, I had these two little, like, I guess they were nubbin bucks pop out, and they started rubbing their heads together, and a bigger deer popped out, and I thought it was a doe, but there was a branch above its head. Uh, and then it, it, they were all looking at me, I guess, because I was so cold, I was making my ground blind shake. Uh, and it turned, <laughs> uh, it turned to get out of there, and uh, I saw a flash of horns, and I threw up a shot, man. Uh, and I was still pretty inexperienced, but I was getting better. Uh, and I got, I was so sad. I said, man, I know I didn't hit that deer. And I walked down there to look for blood and I stepped into the right of the woods where it ran and I stepped back on the trail and it was sitting there on the trail. So if I would have just set my ground blind, it might've come back out, but uh, <laughs> so it wasn't wounded. It was just standing down the trail. A little no, ways. it was That's just funny. curious. I don't know. Uh, but I didn't hit it. And, uh, I think that was the year 2016. I can remember all my years, but I did not kill an, another deer um, until 2019. So uh, from 2015 to 20, 2019, that's like four years. I, I waited because I said I want to kill a bug. I want to. Yeah. I want to kill a bug. And uh, I remember I, I kept learning about the rut, learning about when the times were uh, for us, and that's normally around Thanksgiving week. Um, and I find I think I sat out at our at our lease, and uh, my dad said he said, you know, if you'll know. Uh, one thing you learn from does and deer is watch what they do. If they look behind them, odds are there's something else with them. Uh, and I remember seeing a doe run by about 150 yards. She ran yeah. 
And then her fawn came out halfway and looked behind her. And I said, oh, she's doing that thing. She's doing that thing, he said. <laughs> and as soon as it came out, I saw I saw horns. And I pulled up and shot. And I saw the deer jump up and kick. And, I, man, I started shaking. I got that. That was my first buck fever moment. Yeah. Uh and it, you know, I it was one. Of, it was another learning experience as well because I should have just instead of rushing the shot, uh, I should have checked it out. But it, I, I think I get a pass because it being my first buck, it, it wasn't anything but like a, a two year old eight point, nothing, nothing fancy. Uh, but that's yeah. not the point. I just I still enjoyed the moment, man. And it was it's all about the learning experiences with it. Um, but yeah, I think I love how that, uh, I love how you've been like teaching yourself like you were like this is something i want to get back into and you're just going through yeah. making mistakes acknowledging the mistakes because we all do i've done stupid yeah. really stupid shit that yeah I've, some of it i've shared on the podcast some of it i haven't um but man this that's that's awesome i love i love hearing other hunters that don't necessarily have that same mentor that a lot of hunting people do man i i'm, I'm the same way i've been yeah. struggling struggling through it for about eight years now uh, mm -hmm. and, and just starting to see success. So, Oh yeah. Um, and then after that, I think the next year, nothing happened. Our lease actually flooded. We had a beaver dam up a pond nearby and we, to get out to our stands, you had to wear waist high waders to get out there. Uh, and that year was pretty slow. A lot of doe movement. And, uh, and then the next year, the, this was the year it's, it's like a, just a switch turned on and I'll, things changed don't know why but it did um so we had a good 10 point um on camera and we also that was a, that was a cool thing is we got into cameras so it kind of <laughs> yeah. got you pumped you would think no bucks were around because you didn't have cameras but uh we had a good 10 point hanging around and man i would fantasize so much about seeing it uh and i remember i was hunting hard and nobody else was hunting out there and then all of a sudden uh i go to sit out there and my uncle says hey i'm gonna come hunt too and we're not, we're not, but maybe 200 yards away. And, uh, right at dark, I hear a pal and, and I just text him. I said, you get a buck? He said, yeah, I had three of them chasing the doe. And I sat there <laughs> like this. I said, I, I hate to say it, but I hope he killed a dink. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked, I walked out there and he killed that 10 point. And I was, I was so sad. I was like, man, I've been trying to kill a good, good buck for the wall for, I guess, like at that point, seven years. <laughs> yeah, man. I, just, I, I just wanted to, to harvest a mature deer, but uh, uh, you know, after that, I think it was three days later. I shot a what I it was a bigger buck than my first one. Uh, it okay. was about a three year old deer, just not the best rack, but it was my biggest, and I I threw it on the wall. I said, you know what, I'm happy about it. I I feel like I earned it. Um, and then uh, like a week later, after that, my uncle kills a real good eight point. And then at the end of the month of December, I killed a good 10 point. It was the weirdest time. We never had success like that. And uh, it was just us going out there and hunting. Uh, but we got four good deer in one year. Uh, That's awesome. How yeah. many tags do you get in, in Louisiana when you, when you, buy um, I, I don't, I don't want to say it wrong. I think you get, I'm probably going to mess it up. I think technically I can tagging out on bucks is you can kill three bucks. Okay. Um, and I don't know, it might be like three does. I could pull it up on my phone, but I, was just I think, yeah, I'm thinking about like yeah. Texas, Texas. I think you get like upwards. Y'all like can five, kill like five, like five deer and like two mule deer and like all sorts yeah. of crazy stuff. You get a tag and they just like 15 animals are, are in trouble. Yeah. I just got yeah. back from hunting in North Texas not too long ago. And I didn't know that like, if you kill a buck in one County, you have to go over to another County to kill one. 
I think that might be on a county by county basis. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. I, I always, whenever I plan on hunting somewhere in Texas, I always call the game board and be like, what do I need to know that I, that I don't yeah. know? What am I not asking about? Yeah. They usually fill you in, which is yeah. a good, good habit to have for anywhere you hunt. Um, yeah. So. But anyway, the year is 2021. I killed two bucks and I'm like, well, I guess technically I could try to tag out. Uh, but we didn't, uh, we were pretty certain we didn't have any more good deer running around at the least for that year. Uh, but I said, you know what? I haven't hunted where I started in a while. Where I was hunting when I killed those two doe was on our family land, not at this lease that I hunted on. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go throw a camera up and just see. I think I had like two weeks of hunting left. Um, and I threw out corn and put a feeder on it just to see if there was something. And lo and behold, there was a massive 10 point super no wide <laughs> and i i had two weeks to try to kill him um and i'd sit out there in the freezing cold trying so hard i he was he was a massive deer um but didn't see him got a lot of pictures of him and i said you know what i'm gonna see if he's there for next year and then uh when the next go. season when the next season came around uh you could tell his tines kind of got a little shorter but he turned from a 10 point to an 11 point um okay. So, I mean, it was, I think it was October, I, you know, our season, I think starts, I think archery season starts early October, but rifle season starts kind of late October. And, uh, I, I didn't do any, um, I didn't do any archery hunting. I, I just didn't grow up that way. We just strictly rifle hunting. Um, but I remember I would get pictures of them all the time. I was having a hog problem. Uh, but it, I thought these hogs ran them out. I didn't get pictures of them for like two weeks. And I said, well, I think the date was October 18th. No, it wasn't 18th. I don't know. It was it was super, super early in the season or something like that. I can't remember the date. But uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to just go sit and uh, I'm going to see if these what these deer are doing to rut. No, it was November 14th. My bad. Uh, okay. I said, you know what, our rut is during, you know, in a week, 10 days, something like that. I'm just going to go see what the deer are doing. And I, I think legal shooting hours were at 6.15 that morning. And at 6.18, I look, and about 50 yards away, I see a bigger silhouette of a deer, and it's just breaking daylight. You can't really see too well, but, you, I mean, you can technically shoot. Uh, and this deer is just staring in my direction. It's not doing what you would think a doe would do, come out and walk around. It's just sitting still, just staring. And uh, I said, I started getting kind of nervous. I said, that's kind of creepy. It's not, it's not doing what you would think <laughs> yeah. it should do. And then it was on a, it was on a lane and it started walking down the lane and it had its back facing to me. And I said, all right, I'm going to scope it and just look at it. I'm sure it's just a big doe. And all of a sudden I just see this widespread of horns. And I, I just, I didn't have time to say, holy crap. I just immediately said, he's about to walk on this right side. And the only shot I'm going to have is he's going to quarter, he's going to quarter away. And I said, I just got to shoot. Uh, and it happened so fast, man, but I shot. And didn't nothing. It was just too dark still to see anything, but I heard him running and crap, like running and crashing through. I didn't know if it was like falling, crashing. It just sounded like he was yeah. breaking was through everything as he ran. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, oh. how'd you feel at I, that moment, man? Like that's the big deer you've been waiting for. You're oh, like, I, I just, don't really know what's going on. And then just, Oh shit. There I, he is. I, I sat there, you know, like five, three, I don't know. I, I don't do math. Five minutes after, the shooting hours and I, he comes out. Um, but I just sat there and I said, I just, I did the typical thing, text everybody that I've been telling about this deer. Hey, I just shot at him. I don't do that. I don't say I shot the deer. 
I tell him I shot at it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm missing half. <laughs> yeah. I'm not standing over it, so who knows? I don't ever want to tell somebody, I shot the deer. I mean, it was dark. How am I going to know for a fact I shot him right there? But anyway, I just told all my friends and stuff, uh, hey, shot at the deer. And they're like, hey, I'd give him an hour. Just let the sun come up. Give him an hour. Go check. And I did. As soon as it was daylight, I kind of walked out there on the trail and tried to see if I could see any blood where I shot him. And I didn't. I was too afraid to step in the woods to where he ran. I, I just didn't want to be disappointed. I actually got I got that lump in my throat. I just said, I I bet I missed this stupid thing. I, I was oh, so sad. I said, I bet I, I missed it. But I took a couple steps in the woods and I see a big chunk of pink and red. And I just I was like, Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I started I started following blood and it kind of stopped for a minute. And uh, I called my dad. I said, Hey, do you mind coming out me? out here to help me look and uh we found more blood and i i was just looking around i couldn't find nothing else i just looked behind me and my dad's sitting there with his phone up like this he says you see it <laughs> he was trying to get my reaction i'm like oh where the heck is it <laughs> but uh <laughs> he saw it already that's funny <laughs> man <laughs> but uh we found the deer and uh I, dude i was i was on cloud nine and this is that's actually him right here it was uh Ugh. i think the taxidermist scored him at like 149 but that's a i mean deer, it, that's other, a real I good mean, deer. Around here, I mean, it's kind of unheard of. I know other people are like, that's nothing. I see 250-inch deer, you know, just off-the-wall stuff. But apparently I got so many messages saying, hey, man, I've been hunting that deer for, you know, six years. And <laughs> the taxidermist said he was six years old. So I said, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah. I don't I don't think there will ever be a, um, a deer that I'm more proud of. And here's the ironic part is uh, my grandma, since this was right behind my grandma's house, uh, I'd always tell her, man, I'd like to kill a big deer behind your house. Um, and that was the last hunting season I had with my grandma. Until then she passed away. So I said, oh, man, said, to me, that's just like a, God, a gift from God almost. So I thought yeah, it, was it was cool. meant to be, man. That's a, that's oh, a yeah. super cool. Story. I mean, it's, of course, sad that your grandma passed away. And I'm sorry to hear that, man. But it is it is a beautiful story that like that's something you always wanted and you know, you, you snuck it in there and it, it's yeah. a huge deer. The one behind me is the only white tail I've ever shot. And he's like, I think like 120 maybe. So yeah. like another 20. He's, an, he's got an moment. interesting rack though. Oh dude. He's super weird. He's um, and he was, if I had to guess, I got him down in the golden triangle of South Texas. And hmm. I think he was only like three years old. He's still a good looking deer though. I don't, the yeah. whole age thing to me is, if you like the deer man, take it. There's so many people that give people a hard time on what they harvest. And I, I don't ever want to get spoiled. To me, a good-looking 120, 130 deer, I don't ever want to get to where I'm like, I don't know, I can't shoot it. He's, I, to me, it still excites me, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Texas public land, I didn't have access to any private. So mm -hmm. I had no other choice. I was going to – it would have yeah. been a, a spike. I would have been ecstatic. Oh, that's yeah, seven. absolutely. So well, that's a I good first. A Hell yeah, right? And yeah. he's unique. He's got his his both of his brow tines twist and have yeah. like a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Yeah. One of them has like three extra points on it. It's, that's cool. It's weird. It's weird, dude. That's super cool. Um, but man, that's a great story. That's a great story. What did your uh did you did you take the deer back to grandma's? Oh yeah, I, I've got a picture. I definitely got it framed, but uh I got a uh picture to frame for my kitchen wall. I don't know if you can see that well. Oh uh, yeah, no man, that's awesome. Sure. Look at her. She's looks. She looks just as happy as you do. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I had to pick her up and put her out there. I, she was kind of getting weak. Um, 
And I said, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give me this picture. So, but she wanted it too. So it was cool. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. And when, what year was that? Uh, that was, uh, 2022. So last hunting season. Yeah. Not too long ago. That's awesome. And then you've had a a fair amount of success since then. Am I right? Yeah. After that, that's when, that's when hunting kind of seemed to get a little weird, not in a bad way, you know, really interesting. Um, because shortly after I killed this one, my uncle, he's got a friend in Oklahoma where they've got a, a ranch where they try to really manage the deer over there. Yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, I shot a 170 out here that I didn't hit, um, and kill. Uh, but the, the catch was, is that you can only use bows and I had zero experience with it. And he said, Hey man, if you want to try my crossbow, you can, you can come out here for a couple of days. Um, so I did that and, uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, but I mean, I had a blast out there. Um, I, I remember the first morning seeing so many does and I thought, this is crazy cool. And they said it was the rut, but I hadn't seen anything. But yeah. I remember the first morning out there, I saw a doe and I didn't think nothing of it. And I looked away and then I saw in the reflection of the, the box blinds uh, windows, I saw her looking at my stand. I said, I wonder what she's doing. And I kind of looked further into the reflection and I see a big giant buck with her and I just, my heart starts pounding. I'm like, I don't, I don't know the first thing about shooting this crossbow, <laughs> but <laughs> she ended up trotting off. Um, and he followed with her. And, uh, the, the only, I did, I didn't really shoot anything the first day, but, uh, I did kind of spend that time learning how to use my range finder and kind of how to judge distance because once again, I had no experience with that. Um, but after that, the next morning, uh, you know, it was slow. And the, ne- and the first deer I saw was this real big deer. I think my uncle, he got him on camera. Uh, he said he probably scored at the time like 160, 160 Ooh. inches. Yeah. But he just sat there kind of doing what my big deer did uh, back home. He just sat there looking. He didn't move. It's, it's kind of weird how those big bucks like to do that, just sit still and stare. Um, but I guess that's why they're big. Yeah. Um, right. But he he came out about uh, I don't I don't want to get it wrong I think maybe sixty five yards um, you know some would say yeah that's you can shoot that with a crossbow but my uncle was saying you know I wouldn't go over fifty me being a okay. rifle hunter he gave me broadside and stood still and I said I, I can't not I can't not let an arrow fly I got <laughs> yeah. um, but the only especially when you got a trigger right you got a trigger oh, yeah. thing. Got to send it. But the the only bad thing about it, and this, and you know, it's it's definitely not a good hunting moment on my end. Uh, that morning, I actually forgot to bring my rangefinder, okay. but I had been sitting there the morning before, kind of scoping out little landmarks, and I'm like, okay, that's thirty yards, that's at forty, and, and I thought I had it right, but it, it was definitely a learning experience uh, to make sure you don't forget that thing. It's pretty important when you're using those. Oh, yeah. Um, but I hit it, I hit the deer, but I believe we hit it kind of, kind of high, um, because we found blood, but it was, we gave him a couple of, a couple of hours, but, um, we tracked him for about 2000 yards and found sparse blood and, um, just kind of came to the conclusion that, uh, he lived, uh, but they actually got pictures of him this year. So he was oh, that's good. still alive and kicking. So tough yeah tough critters man. <laughs> and i'm gonna go i'm gonna talk myself uh, out of breath 
but um that that kind of wrapped up 2022 after that i was pretty much done <laughs> yeah man i bet i bet i've had i've had a, a similar moment man and i think all hunters do where you're like you just sort of get in the moment and you and you let something fly whether it's mm-hmm. a bullet an arrow a bolt whatever oh yeah um, my the first the first opportunity that i ever had on an elk i'm at like 40 yards on this bull but he's laying down in front of a log so i can't see anything except his head and so mm-hmm. i'm just hanging out and i'm waiting my buddy comes in from another angle, and I've told this story before um, on my podcast, but he comes in at another angle, and my buddy doesn't even know what a wind checker is. So he's just crawling in, and the wind goes straight, too. So I see four elk when I'm standing there waiting just patiently, and mm-hmm. all, all within 40, 50 yards. But I don't have a shot on anything. And all of a sudden, 30 elk stand up on this hill. Man, 30. Golly. I'm like, holy shit. But, I, but I'm not at full draw. And they book it and they run around me basically 90 degrees. And I'm like, I, I have a stationary pin, stationary pins on my bow. So I have like a yeah. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll put my 60 pin at the top of its back and I'll let it rip because I was like, I want an elk. I've, I've been trying so hard. I've years yeah. and years of hiking and running <laughs> the mountains and I let it rip. And as soon as I did, I was like, I have no idea how far that elk is. And thank God that arrow dropped like, 30 yards in front of all of the elk probably they were probably like 80 or 90 yards and i just had no idea (laughs) but uh i just i just sent it and as soon as i did i was like "Ah, that was dumb and and, uh never found my arrow because there was snow everywhere it was just a ridiculous event but it's just the nature of the the beast man you get into the moment yeah yeah for sure and and not everything stays you know what it is when you're sitting there where there's no deer well there's the thing that uh hunting you, you really have to get over your own impatience because, you know, if you've sat there, if you have five days to hunt in four days, you, you, you don't see much, you don't get many chances. You know, that fifth day, you're, you're pretty much a daredevil at that point. You're like, I'll shoot through the tree to get this deer. You know, <laughs> you, you, you start getting desperate. And, it's, and, and if anybody says, I don't get that way, you're a liar. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think you're kind of right. Yeah, I, I try my best to say, oh, I'll shoot on day one what I'd shoot on the last day. But yeah, you definitely get a lot more desperate as the days go, man. Oh, for sure. Um, speaking of, of compound bows, that's actually um, my my task for next year is I want to I want to go to a bow shop, kind of shoot a couple bows, see what I like and try to get into it. You know, I've been enjoying crossbows, um, but I mean, they're, it's one of those things. Yeah, you got to know the, the range. Uh but it is kind of like shooting a rifle. But I, I don't, I'm not hating on it. I still enjoy it. Um, but I feel like if I'm getting into hunting like I am, might as well uh, make sure I hit the whole trifecta. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I switched from rifle and muzzleloader to archery only because I wanted to hunt in warmer weather. Like that's it. I was like, mm. screw this cold shit. Like I want to. I'm tired of this. This sucks, especially yeah. in Colorado. I remember my first Colorado hunt the temperature didn't get above 20 degrees. Like warmest part of the day was 20. And I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Um, Switched to archery and then just ended up falling in love with it. And it's, it's uh, Mm -hmm. really fun. My recommendation to anyone listening and you, man, is uh, 3d archery specifically. Don't just shoot it. Shooting it paper. I found it super boring. And as soon as I discovered shooting it like foam animals, I was like, yep, this is my personality now. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't, It's not a bad personality to have. And I know it's not going to compare, um, but I would shoot. I, I used to work at a summer camp, and they had archery there. And, of course, shooting kids' bows, you know, you don't think anything of it. But 
Yeah. Part of me feels like when I get into it, I'm I'm probably not going to be too bad at it. So I don't know. I'm excited to to see what happens with it. Good man. Good. That's exciting. Um, do you have any stories from 2023? Otherwise, I've taken yeah. up plenty of your time, man. Uh, I mean, you yeah. tell me. I, I'm going to listen all night if you let me. Otherwise, we can wrap it up. Oh, we can wrap it up at this year, this uh, new year. Uh, this new year has been, I think, the most interesting, and I'm hoping that it only gets more interesting from here on out because just the experiences alone has been the coolest part. Um, so this year, is the I've killed a deer in four different states this year, and that's baffling. Oh, I'm not used to that. What states? Um, so I hunted in Louisiana to start for a little while, uh, and I, I don't know what it was. Just on on all my cameras, and I know cameras don't always, you know, exactly tell you if you have yeah. a big deer around or not because it seems like those big deer like to, um, they like to walk anywhere but in front of these cameras. Um, but back home when it started, the season started, I didn't see much. Uh, I, I really did. I just wasn't seeing any does or anything. It was just so slow. Um, but in October, my uncle and dad they invited me to go to this outfitters in uh, uh, Missouri where we were only doing bow hunting. Um, and we had five days to do it. Um, but we, when we went, it seemed kind of slow. We weren't seeing many, you know, good, great deer running around, even though we knew there were plenty of them. Yeah. Um, but I think on the second evening of our five days, um, I, everybody was hunting in these like draws, these little open areas. And I said, you know, do you have any Creek bottoms? He said, yeah, we've got one called the gut shot stand. And I said, why is it called that? And I said, well, there's a story <laughs> behind it. You can probably understand why. Um, but I said, put me there because all I know is back home, you know, all this hunting out in the open for me just doesn't make sense because what I've been told is deer like cover. So I said, put me in this gut shot stand. And, uh, I, I said, you know what? I'm not a big rattling guy. I'm not a big calling guy, but I'm going to try it out. I had a, I just brought a rattle bag out there and I think I had two does come by and then I had a spike about 130 yards. And I said, I'm going to try the rattle thing. See if he comes. And he sure did. He came and hung around and left and I caught him again. He left, caught him a third time. He left and I said, I'm going to try the fourth time. And when I did it the fourth time, I looked to my right and I just saw this bigger deer making a rub on a tree and he started coming my way with his ears back. And I said, Oh God, that's, I've never seen that happen before. And I, <laughs> yeah, he's fired up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, his tail kind of out, his head was down and I didn't really get a chance to see if he was what he was. Um, but I could, his body was big. I said, I, I but I mean, deer in Missouri are just so much different from what we have here. Um, but I ended up, I, I had to stand up to, to even get a shot and uh, kind of turn my body. And as soon as he got to these trees, I, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to hit him with that old, that old fashioned, meh, that little stopping sound uh, just so I can get a good look at him. But he did this stupid thing where when I did it, he didn't, he didn't want to stop where I wanted him to. Instead, he wanted to put his head in, in the middle of a tree. So I only saw one side of the antlers and I said, you know, it looks good to me. And I shot him. <laughs> so I ended up killing a, he was probably around 250 pounds, but it was a, a good-looking nine-point. Uh, yeah. And I, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him home and put him somewhere. I haven't gotten him back yet, but I felt proud of it, man. I decided where I wanted to sit just because uh, of what I, I felt was right. Uh, yeah. And I got to rattle in my first year, and that was my first uh, bow buck, my first crossbow buck. So I thought it was cool. 
Oh, that's um, awesome, man. And like going to an outfitter and be like, this is where I want to be. This is what makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, you put the plan together. That feels, that feels good. Like I was saying, I, I went with two world champion elk callers and yeah. the morning, the morning we killed my bull, I was like, here's what I'm thinking we should do boys. And like, these guys have <laughs> so much more experience than me, mm-hmm. but I'm just like trying to participate in, you know, the, yeah. uh, the strategy sessions and it worked out. And I'm like, feel the, pretty good about that. The only crummy about thing it. about it was, uh, they said, if you want to go sit out for a doe, you can. And uh, I, I started sleeping in. Everybody else was in the cold. I said, I'm going to sit in this bed. <laughs> um, but I said on the fourth the fourth morning, I said, I'll go sit out near my dad. And uh saw a pretty, pretty wide, big 10-point come out about 20 yards from me at daylight. And I said, I would have liked to, to take that one. But <laughs> it's one of those things where waiting can either pay off or it can't. Um, yep. but after that, um, my season kind of turned back to normal. I started hunting back at home. Um, but then I got invited to jump on a podcast with deer and deer hunting TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I jumped on that and the Dan Schmidt, the the host of the show, he, um, he seemed to like me a lot and he said, Hey, we need to make sure we set up a hunt with him. And I said, Oh, that's cool. That'd be really fun. <laughs> like, <huh?"> hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we, they said they were trying to get, uh, some outfitters' permissions to to go out there and record a hunt with me, and uh, it just didn't seem like they were getting much. Um, uh, I guess many offers. Um, but I said, you know what? It's cool. They said we'll just try to make it happen for next year. Uh, but the the guy at the outfitter in Missouri kind of convinced me. Said, hey, if you want to come back for our rifle season, you can. And I, I kind of told that to the deer and deer hunting people, and they said, hey, if you do, we'll come record it. So that was kind of my answer. I said, I'm going back to Missouri, same place, um, because we knew they had some great deer out there. It's just you can't always connect with a bow. Um, yeah. So I said, well, let's, try to, let's try to get a good one with, uh, with a rifle. And uh, I don't know, you just remember what I said. Sometimes shooting early is good. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we had our <laughs> camera guy come out, and I was real worried. I said, man, I don't know if it's just going to be this – rough and tough country deer hunter that's gonna kind of judge me every move I make you know uh, but it wasn't it was this younger guy that really didn't do a lot of hunting so that was kind of funny um but super nice guy and uh the first morning of our hunt we had a pretty good wide eight point come out and I said oh, you know my my Louisiana uh family land mindset came in I said I'm shooting this deer and I put it in the scope and I said no I told myself I was going to be patient his He's not a he's not a monster, but I said I'm gonna be patient. I let it I let him go. Uh, didn't see much that day, and then the third third morning, I think it was the morning or the evening, uh, I I was in that gut shot stand where I shot the uh, the nine point, yeah. um, and I started doing rattling again, and I had a big big heavy body deer come out exactly where I shot the nine, and he just kind of stared at us. I really didn't know if he was he had a lot of um branches above us near his head so i couldn't really make out what he was um but i would have had to shoot him left-handed if i would have shot him anyway but looking back on the film he looked like a good deer but just not that monster i wanted to see if i could get and now the fourth morning we sat in another stand they called the hooch um it didn't (laughs) it didn't see much but we he's ian the camera guy ian said Hey, there's a doe right there. And all of a sudden through the tall grass, you just see uh, the way I explained it is a huge capital U of horns hopping through the grass our way. And I just started panicking. I said, Oh, Tim, that's the one we want. 
and it was uh, it was in like a second, and he never showed himself again. Oh so, no! Just, <laughs> he, he he probably scored in the high one fifties if we had to had to guess. But it was it was super cool to see. Uh, and but they had a an empty creek bottom right in front of us, and uh, I I guarantee he went down in there and hung out with her because all you could smell is that really musky smell. Um. But then after that, it was day five, and it turned into that situation. It's like, maybe we should have shot one of these early deer. <laughs> but yep. um, that day five morning, didn't see nothing. Uh, and Bruce, the guy there, he texted us saying, hey, man, from the lodge, I saw there was a, a good-looking buck bed down with a doe south of you guys. Yeah. Uh, and he said, if y'all want, I can just come pick you up, but I think it will scare the deer off. If y'all want to try to stalk up on it, you can. And I said, piss on that it's 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 the last morning let's tr let's try it out and uh we kind of snuck up and i didn't see it and we got i think 150 yards from it and all of a sudden i see the doe jump up and run and i said oh god there's the buck and he was a good eight he was real tall uh and he was running and i put it put my scope on him and shot him running so okay. uh, and we we had been joking all week saying watch me have to shoot a running deer and i shot him and hit him so it was i was super stoked about that that's awesome. Did he just drop right there, or did you have a little bit well, of a tracking he, job? He No, he flipped right there. I think I shot maybe a little high up on his spine, but I definitely had to put another one in him. Uh, nobody gotcha. likes to do that. I mean, but that's the that's, right thing to do. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's crazy. So that was two in Missouri and two one in Missouri. Louisiana. Well, I didn't kill one in Louisiana yet. Oh, okay, um, okay. I can keep going though. <laughs> I did another podcast with some people. Uh, there was a YouTube channel called The Element, and uh, the show Meat Eater actually bought their their business. Okay. So now they record YouTube hunts for Meat Eater, and they wanted me to do their podcast. And then they did the same thing. They said, "Hey, do you want to hunt in North Texas?" And I said, "Yeah, I do. I mean, if I have to." <laughs> so we we hunted and it, they didn't really have a lot of monsters on camera they had one good nine point that the guy who invited me he actually ended up shooting last evening um but that was such a cool experience to me because it kind of just threw everything i learned out the window because that place is just so open with cedar trees placed around and you're just like how do how do deer get around here how do they eat what do, what do they eat yeah um but the, it seemed like the only thing they would plant for food plots was like wheat, wheat fields. Um, so it was just, it was so cool to just be able to hunt two different states and see how that goes. But I think our third, third afternoon, um, we were sitting in this box blind and uh, we could see these kind of does bedded down in this, these, this thin layer of cedars. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I said, "Hey!" I told my camera guy, camera guy, yeah, I can't say the word, camera guy, Greg. I see the butt of a deer, and he he put his binos on it and said, "Hey, that's a that's a good looking deer. Uh, that's a, that's a good deer." And uh, you know, he said, "Okay." I I checked it out myself, and I said, "It's not a bad looking deer." I know they said in North Texas they really don't get at three years old. They really don't get huge. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, he South, South Texas is where they are crazy yeah. and also yeah. like 75 <laughs> points of just weirdness and they breed them yeah me. it's, it's i would place. love to kill a south texas deer i think the ones that get that that dark horn I, i'd love to kill i don't know there's something about a texas deer they get these sandy colored horns and i think it's super cool yeah 
But we were rifle hunting this time, and that deer was about 300 yards. <laughs> and I said, well, that feeder's going to go off soon. I'm going to pull the trigger at 300 yards. He said, well, if you feel comfortable, you can try it. I said, I've never had to shoot that far. But no. Had you ever came... practiced at that distance? No, or... this was no. the first time ever. <laughs> but, I mean, we kind of talked about it. We were like, I... I I mean, this is going to sound nerdy. I used to play a bunch of shooting video games, and I said, oh, I know that when you shoot farther, you have to shoot a little higher. Uh, and we both had kind of agreed shoot a little above his back. And when I shot him, he, he donkey kicked. So I said, okay, I hit him. But it, we looked at the video, and it looked low. But he kind of ran behind a cedar and gave us his back, and the camera guy said, shoot him again. I did. He said, shoot him again. Shot him again. And then we kind of wrapped after that, we decided to, wrap around the heels and see uh, if we could get above him just to make sure he was, you know, dead. Uh, yeah. And it turns out the first shot was lethal. It shot low, but it's like it ricocheted off the ribs or something, and it double-lunged him and came out perfectly in the middle on the other side. Super weird. Huh. But uh, he was he was a good-looking younger uh, younger seven-point, and uh, that's what I was going to say. You've got a Euro Texas buck there, and that's what I'm doing to mine is – you're a mountain lion. Hell, yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. That's that's cool. I feel like I owe you a hunt now that you've been on my podcast. Let me I'll work on that. All right, man. <laughs> Don't feel well, obligated, but I won't <laughs> turn it down. I, I know you I know you won't. I know you won't. I I think I can outdo Whitetail. I, I got a buddy with an odd ad ranch. Maybe I can talk him into it. I know he listens, oh, so John. Cool. Let's 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 get lay out there, man. Um <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with Odd man. They're super cool. Yeah. Barbary sheep from Afghanistan. Yeah. They got this long seen, chest yeah. mane. Super That'd be cool. cool. Super cool. Yeah, I'm down for anything. Uh, and then I've got one more story, and then I'll be done. Okay. Shortly after that, my uncle invites <laughs> me back to Oklahoma, and uh, he the most I, the first morning out there, I saw a good looking eight and a cold a cold seven, uh, but I didn't shoot anything that first morning, and uh, so I think the third night I didn't really see much. Uh, you'd see a lot of does and young bucks, but the third night he said, "Hey, if you see this." younger sticks shoot it we don't we don't want him breeding and stuff i don't i don't know what i believe in in culling but hey they told me to shoot it so i did uh so i shot that one and when my uncle came to pick me up he said i killed the tall eight so he killed a good looking eight point so we kind of it was kind of cool to be able to share that moment of kind of doubling up uh yeah, so man. the last morning we were there he said hey you can go hunt if you want uh, i'm gonna sit here and clean up for his friend that owns the place and i said cool and I was out there, and as soon as daybreak happens, about 20 yards in front of me, I'm sitting kind of at an angle, but I, when I sat there before and had all these good-looking bucks come out, they came straight. But it happened in four seconds. I just see a giant crown of white pass through about 20 yards from me. <laughs> and my heart, in four seconds, my heart was beating out my chest. Um and I said that it was one of those no questions asked. That was that was a good deer. I think he probably scored. My uncle, he after I told him about it, he said, "Was it this deer?" And he showed me a picture, and I said, "That uh, that looks like the deer." <laughs> um, <laughs> but he he said, "Yeah, that deer scored probably like mid one sixties." And I said, "I would have liked to take that that deer home." He was a he was. It was like a real thick horned ten point, just real tall, real wide, just real pretty. It, but that it, it, it's one of those things where it's like instead of sitting angled to the left, 
I wish I would have been sitting angled to the right yeah. because I would have been able to see him coming and had a shot, but he just he he didn't walk slow. He was power power walking through and that's that's how my year has gone so far. And then I came back and my stepdad needed meat and I went to the lease and shot him a small doe and that's that's how I got my fourth year for the fourth state. But that's a damn good year, man. That's a good year. <laughs> I still don't consider it over. I'm just the season's still here. I can still rifle hunt and everything. Um, and I actually, uh, I'm taking my uh, my fiance hunting for the first time this Friday. So I went out staying and kind of threw out corn and stuff and cleaned up some stuff and uh, see if I can't get her to uh, see some deer. That's cool, man. Does she have any hunting background or, or you know, anyone mm-hmm. else in her not family? No? No, not my, at all. My wife's father did. Um, and her brother does, but like, she's got no interest. I'm trying to get yeah. her somehow excited, especially cause like we got deer all over our yard. The mm-hmm. main reason I can't shoot them is she says I can't shoot them. Oh, <laughs> no. She's, and that's the cool thing. She's like, Oh, you should try to, you should try to kill one of these and stuff. So she, I think it's cool that she's all for it. And, uh, and she also has a son that's seven. So I think, uh, I think after I take her, he's got to be next. So that's maybe awesome, I can, man start his deer hunting journey i guess yeah man that's cool pass it on to the next generation teach him teach him all oh, yeah. the stuff that you've been teaching yourself that's oh uh, yeah i've said this up a hundred times on the podcast i i know that i'm always going to be a mediocre hunter but i hope to learn enough to make my son a pretty damn good hunter <laughs> yeah i i agree i I'm, i tell people all the time when it comes to hunting i'm never gonna sit there and play like i know best because yeah as I've grown, I've learned some. And then some of these people I've asked for advice, I've heard them give some terrible advice. When I started learning, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be like that. I want (laughs) to, I want to, I want to meet people that I trust that I'm like, yeah, they've got a good resume. I can believe what they say and just compile up a lot of knowledge I get from people and, you know, go from there and spread it out. For sure, man. I think you, you mentioned some advice that you got from someone. I don't remember who gave it to you. It might've been, your your uh maybe your your stepdad but uh, it was hey just go out there and watch the deer and yeah. like just watching the animals you'll learn so much about them yeah. now that i have all these deer running on my yard with no intent in shooting them i'm starting to pay attention to like mm-hmm. what they're doing different times of the yeah. year and uh yeah. granted i don't get much white tail <laughs> hunting in my life but like i feel like living where i live right now i'm a better white tail hunter than before so mm-hmm. uh, just just watching the animals is some great advice and the, another piece of good advice he gave me that I'm sure he heard from a TV show, um, can't kill him on the couch. So that's the best one. Can't kill him from home. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes that's it's right. just flat out, right place, right time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, this was fun. This was fun. I appreciate you yeah. taking some time to, to share your stories with us. Hopefully, you got another 40 years worth of stories next year. We're going to have you back, man. Yeah, I, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Um, Let's do this. Let's uh, let's tell the people where they can find you, uh, so they can see some of your amazing, f- f- hilarious yeah. videos. Weird. Most stuff. of them aren't hunting stuff, but yeah, no, they're weird. They're super weird. That you 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 do a surprisingly good like eight year old girl impression. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I've just got I, I've got that. I don't know. Some people say I've got that dog in me. I've got that weird in me. Uh, That's good. But That's, I like to surround myself by weird people. It's more entertaining than normal oh, yeah. boring people. So, um, well, I don't know. I, I, believe it or not, I used to do deer hunting skits uh, when I first started making videos. Oh, yeah. Um, but I just, did it, 
Yeah. Well, I, I'm starting to think if I'm getting all these these hunting show times because the one in Texas was recorded, Missouri was was recorded, and I'm actually going in February on an alligator hunt with a guy named Blaine Anthony. He has a show called Bear Whisper. Um, cool. So if I'm becoming, if, if hunting seems to be becoming a, a second job, you know, I might as well bring hunting skits back. But uh, they can find all my weirdness uh, on any platform at uh, Lay McNasty. It's L-E-I-G-H underscore McNasty. There you go. And uh, I'll put a link to it, of course, in the show notes, man. But thank you. Okay. This, this was a lot of fun. Uh, again, I appreciate your time. I know I uh, I kicked the can down the road one time on you, so I appreciate you being. Oh, it's okay. No, I, I understand life happens, but no, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Yeah, and and who knows? Maybe I'll I'll find a hunt for us to go on here. In, hey, shortly. <laughs> I, I don't have a life anymore, and hunting is hunting normally trumps everything. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, other than uh, other than family, it's it's right there. So, all right, Lay. Well, thank you, man. Thank you again. I really do appreciate it. Um. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. That's it. Another couple stories in the books. I want to thank Lay again for coming on the podcast. Uh, it was really fun getting to talk with him. Hopefully, we'll hunt together sometime in the future. Um, but beyond that, guys, please check out the show notes. Go check out what Lay's throwing down. It's some pretty funny content, um, especially if you're a parent, a teacher, like cats or whatever, whatever it might be. He's got all sorts of stuff, and hopefully he starts doing more hunting-related content as well. Uh, beyond that, guys, I said it earlier, but if you have a story, if you know anyone who has a crazy story, reach out to me. I'd love to have you on as a guest. And then, uh, of course, get out there and make sure you review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, whether that is Spotify, Apple, or, of course, Carbon TV, uh, which we are now streaming on every week. In fact, uh, slowly uploading, uploading all of our episodes. Uh, but that's it, guys. Thank you again for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Now get out there and make some stories of your own.